Hello, good morning, and welcome. It's Friday, the 27th of September, 2019, and this is episode 117. Before we dive in, though, I want to share with you something I've just launched. Uh, I've given it quite a bit of thought for the last year or so, really. I now have a Patreon page. Yeah, so the idea is this podcast has grown entirely thanks to the support from listeners like you. Gosh, I sound like a public radio broadcast. Um, But it's true. Uh, You know, everything from the spectacular ratings on iTunes and elsewhere, the incredibly inspiring notes I've received from, you know, on LinkedIn and by email and Twitter. And, um, but I've also had some requests to do kind of even more stuff. For example, uh, say, doing podcast video episodes or perhaps doing more video reviews like the ridiculous review I did of the Tesla Model 3, um, what, I guess for the one year anniversary of this show. In any event, uh, the Patreon page is live. So there's five different tiers of support. So, and of course, they're all named after the SAE levels of automation, because of course. Uh, So level one, you get to submit a question, which will be discussed in a future episode. Level two, I'll give you a shout out with a brief chance to promote yourself and even your company if you'd like. Level three, be my guest on a future podcast episode. Level four, be my guest on video. Yeah, we'll do a video podcast episode together. This can be either web-based or in real life. And level five, well, you get to be a producer of this podcast. That means you get produced by credits and we will even record a dedicated ad spot for you or for your company which will run for the entire duration of your patronage and will be run every single episode. And of course, we can meet up, grab a coffee, grab a beer, whatever you like. So yeah, the, the reason for this though is also because, well, I've got three goals here. So to the point earlier about, you know, this interest in doing video episodes. And so if, you, if you'd like to think of it sort of as what Lex Fridman or Joe Rogan do, that's the idea. Well, nowhere near as cool as either of them, of course. But so the first goal is that I would do uh, at least one podcast video episode per month. So effectively one out of every eight episodes would have a corresponding video on YouTube. The second goal would see me doing four video episodes per month, and if I reach the third goal, all episodes will have corresponding YouTube videos. So really, this is the sort of thing, nothing special, nothing fancy, just a camera, either my iPhone or or my iMac camera pointed at me uh, as I record the episodes, and I don't know, I guess people like seeing the podcaster talk and do his episodes. I guess it's a thing. So that's the idea. That's my Patreon page. You can check it out at patreon.com slash, well, you guessed it, Autonomous Hogue. Again, that's patreon.com slash A-U-T-O-N-O-M-O-U-S-H-O-A-G. So please do check it out. Share it with your friends and colleagues. And thank you very much indeed. And now, today... Ford moves to Austin. A new long-range LiDAR makes its debut, and Tesla cranks it up to 10. All this, right now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. 
That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Right, so to kick things off today, um, yeah, obviously Ford is not moving as an entire company to Austin, but what they are doing is taking their autonomous test vehicle fleet to Austin. So just as a bit of reminder here, so, so Ford has an autonomous vehicle team that goes by the name of Argo.ai. That sounds a bit familiar. You might remember they're the, they're the team that are working down in Florida in the retirement community. Um, the one and only Alex Roy is part of their team now as well. And they, they've been making some pretty cool strides. Um, what they do currently is they've got uh, a, Ford, a, f- a fleet of Ford Fusion uh, sedans as I say that, I just remembered Ford have actually stopped producing sedans entirely, haven't they? All they do now is is SUVs and, and crossovers and so forth. Um, but yeah, so so let me just get something straight because um, I, I think it's important to clarify. So it, I, I don't know about you, but I've often referred to Argo in, in the following sentence structure. I've said Ford's Argo AI, and, and that is kind of accurate, actually. So So Argo AI is effectively to Ford what cruise automation is to GM. So we've seen a lot of this happening, right? So just the other day, the previous episode, in fact, we discussed how uh, Hyundai and Aptiv had partnered up for a joint venture. Uh, GM invested in, but effectively acquired cruises, uh, the, I should say, they effectively acquired cruise automation, uh, $2 billion, then SoftBank dumped another $2 billion and some others more besides. Um, and now what we've got is this thing with, with Ford. They had invested $1 billion into Argo AI. So so Ford basically provides the the vehicles, and then Argo provides the autonomous vehicle logic and the software. And that's the team they've got. And, and so this is sort of what the big OEMs are doing to kind of stay competitive. And not just to stay competitive, really, but just to stay even afloat at all, to remain relevant, or rather, to become relevant in the autonomous vehicle space. Speaking of which, Ford isn't just relying, say, on Argo either. In fact, and I think we probably discussed this a while back, I I honestly don't remember, actually, uh, Ford and Volkswagen partnered up. They announced a major partnership. Uh, It was worth... $2.6 $2.6 billion going into Argo from Volkswagen. That was part of the deal. Uh, meanwhile, of course, Ford gets access to Volkswagen's electric vehicle platform. And when you think about it, this makes a lot of sense because what is it? It's basically just companies partnering up because they realize, look, we can't do X, Y, and Z as well as somebody else. The other company says the same. Obviously, that's why any company ever partners up with anybody. <laughs> that's not the novel thing here. What is interesting, what is, I think, rather novel, and I say novel, really, I should say really quite telling, is that this is what we're seeing from, well, all the legacy car makers, right? I mean, okay, let's just kind of, uh, let's go one by one, right? So GM, as we mentioned, they said, okay, we can't do this alone. We're going to work with Cruise. Ford have said, we can't do this alone. We're going to work with Argo and with Volkswagen. Uh, Hyundai said, okay, we can't do this alone. We're going to work with Aptiv. Volkswagen said they can't do it alone. They're going to work with Ford. So um, you, you kind of see this happening a lot. 
And it makes a lot of sense. This is gonna. This is an industry in which we're going to see a massive amount of consolidation going forward. And I think, frankly, with very few exceptions, those companies that do not partner up, merge, or otherwise work in close collaboration with somebody else, I think they're just not going to fly. It's just not going to go anywhere. So, so anyway, let's let's kind of loop back then. So some practicalities here. So what's going on? What is Ford doing? So so previously they were in Miami, they were in D.C. And yeah, so now they're going to Austin, which is kind of neat because Austin does have a history with autonomous cars. Uh, Google had originally started testing its first Google self-driving car, the SDC, um, at least to me, less famously called the Firefly. Do you remember it? I'm sure that you do. In fact, I think to this day, if you Google self-driving car, I think it's one of the first image results that pops up. It's this adorable little pod car thing that Google had developed way back in I don't know, I think it was 2015 or something. Um, this really was the public's first real look at the possible future of an autonomous car. This, of course, was before the self-driving car project was spun out into what became Waymo under Alphabet. Um, and now that I say that, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because looking at where the development of autonomous cars is today, you've basically got conventional cars with all sorts of you know, LiDAR and camera vision rig set up on them. And when you look at the image, when you look at what Google was anticipating for future autonomous cars back in 2015 with their plucky little Firefly pod car, well, ironically, that's actually a more telling version of what the future will be, right? Because that thing in particular had, well, nothing inside of it besides seats to sit on. There was no control interface whatsoever, as far as I recall anyway. Um, and now obviously we realize that that promised level five future is really kind of much further down the road than anyone had anticipated, more or less anyway. It's, it seems to kind of be that 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 eternally never-ending goal, or I should say that infinitely further moving goal. It's rather like reaching the speed of light where you can get like 99.999%, but you can never gain that last percent, that last decimal point to reach the speed of light. It's kind of like what autonomous cars are starting to feel like, at least with respect to level five. But but yeah, so I just as a quick aside, I do find it interesting that that is the image of what Google anticipated for autonomous vehicles. And of course, it's where they're going to end up eventually, as we mentioned last time. Let's not forget what the conventional automobile looked like in the early days. It was literally a horseless carriage, right? So anyway, so look, I, I think it's just, I only mentioned this with respect to Ford and Argo uh, and their um, continued deployment, in this case to Austin, as really just another data point showing this massive consolidation around the industry, around the world, and I think we're going to be seeing much more of this in the years to come. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, so I want to talk a bit about, um, look, I don't usually go off press releases, but this one's kind of neat. So you may be familiar with the hardware manufacturer Blickfield. They're based in Munich in Germany. So they've just announced um, a new, rather long-range 
LiDAR, that alone is not what's interesting. What is interesting is it's a MEMS-based LiDAR. So MEMS, of course, stands for Microelectromechanical System. It's it's effectively a little itty-bitty tiny LiDAR um, with little itty-bitty tiny mirrors that can effectively accomplish the same effect as a mechanical rotating LiDAR system. Uh, So instead of these big bulky apparatus, you've got this little tiny one. Uh, It's strictly speaking, not solid state per se, but it's very close to it. Um, Anyway, they claim a distance of up to 250 meters. Let's qualify what up to means. I mean, as they do qualify it, well, it'll do 150 meters with 10% reflectivity, 250 meters is apparently, quote-unquote, easily achievable with higher reflectivity, um, and it's got a resolution of 0.18 degrees. This is all good and well. Um, You know, great to see more, better technology, of course. What interests me and really kind of excites me is the reason why these smaller LiDAR apparatus are, I think, so important is because, well, strictly speaking, the commercial viability of any sort of autonomous vehicles. I mean, it's one thing to be okay with this massive sensor rig on top of a car, say, using more conventional LiDAR. I say that. Ironically, those that are those are therefore cheaper, and therefore they'd be better suited to private ownership. But these smaller apparatus are going to be essential for privately owned semi-autonomous vehicles. And if this sounds familiar at all, yeah, you might remember that quite a few episodes back, maybe going back a year or so, um, Israel-based Innoviz had announced a partnership with BMW. And apparently they were going to release the first consumer-ready semi-autonomous car, in this case, I, I guess level three, perhaps at some point borderline level four, um, the first consumer-ready autonomous car with solid-state LiDAR. So this was a pretty big thing then, and it's still a big thing now because obviously nothing's yet happened. The announcement was, if I recall correctly, that they were going to release a BMW 3 Series sometime in the 2021 time range. So still there's plenty of time to go, I guess, depending on your point of view. But suffice to say, um, you know, getting yet more entrance into this smaller form factor LiDAR space is certainly a good thing indeed. Now, before those of you out there start shouting out, uh, oh yeah, but LiDAR is a fool's errand, quoting Elon Musk, Look, don't forget what Chris Urmson went on the record with Lex Fridman several weeks ago for saying, yeah, look, fine, LiDAR may be just a crutch, but hey, it's better to get a crutch out there now and bring down the number of injuries and deaths on public roads and therefore increase the safety of cars generally rather than to wait for that perfect, for that optimal solution, which could very well be at least five, if not 10 years down the road, pun not intended. So look, I... um. I just want to make sure there's no misunderstanding. I am a huge fan of Elon, and I am a huge fan of Tesla. I think it is by far the best product on the market today. Never mind its faults, never mind its occasional quality issues, never mind that the recently released Porsche Taycan is in many respects better, as well it damn well should be. It costs nearly twice as much, not including options. But but you know, and but but here's the thing is I can simultaneously say that I, I do, I am going to gamble with trusting that Elon is probably right. I think at this point, it'd be a bit foolish not to believe the guy. He tends to eventually deliver on everything he says, and he is delivering more better stuff than nearly anybody. 
But I, at the same time, I'm perfectly okay with everybody else doing bundled sensor suites that include the likes of LiDAR and computer vision, because why not? So, and by the way, speaking of which, one neat, I think, application, one neat side effect to all this, it's not made clear to me in this in this press release. I mean, I mean, yes, it is it is referring to the fact that they'll be able to collect all sorts of 3D data. That's true. But I wonder whether... I wonder whether Blickfield will be in the industry at all, in the market at all, for for actually creating so-called HD maps. Again, this is what we discussed many times in the past with Here Technologies and more recently Atlatech, also based in Germany, in Karlsruhe. Um, this was, of course, the company run and founded by uh, Henning Latgen, whom we had on the show twice. Um, you know, there's a big, big market and a big need for generating these HD maps, and well, frankly, apart from Atlatech, I'm not familiar with any other companies trying to do this without LiDAR. So to the extent that this could have some use case there, I could see Blickfield getting very much involved in that particular space uh, very, very quickly. So anyway, hopefully we'll have more on them coming forward in due time. Uh, and in particular, I'm obviously quite curious, quite interested to see who's going to be using this, this new LiDAR kit first. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, so to close things out today, Tesla. Um, yeah, as I've said before, I tend to try not to talk too much about Tesla because, frankly, it'd be very, very easy to accidentally let this podcast spiral out of control into just some big sort of Tesla cast, as it were. But this is a pretty big announcement, but not for the reasons you may be thinking. I'm sure by now you've all gotten the memo, and indeed, if, like me, you are subscribed to Tesla, even though you don't own a Tesla, you surely know that today... Tesla just began its wide rollout of software version 10.0. Again, just to be clear, this is the software running the internal car's computer, meaning the 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 big giant touchscreen that you that you interact with. That's the software that's been updated, not the hardware. Although, as we mentioned previously, hardware version three is just beginning to start its slow rollout, its slow deployment, which will promise 24 times more power, 21 times more powerful. Uh, neural net and computer for Tesla's eventually full self-driving capabilities, which apparently is still limited by software. But this then, just to be clear, we're talking about the onboard computer. Thing is, though, it's bringing with it not just the ability to sit and watch Netflix or listen to Spotify finally in the car or even a brand new video game. It's also bringing with it, if I'm not mistaken, and I say that because it's not clear and everything that it wasn't mentioned in their email, but I've been reading on various places um, that it is bringing uh, the the uh, the advanced the, the enhanced summon capability, or at least for some people, maybe with early access, they're getting enhanced summon capability. This is, of course, the too good to be true feature where you can literally summon your car in a shopping mall parking lot and it'll come to you. Yeah. Never mind the fact that you can probably walk to the car and get it quicker than it'll take to slowly inch its way towards you. That's not the point. 
here's what is the point of that. And even though it may not be the biggest headline for version 10's release, I'm obviously not going to talk about the new video game and watching Netflix and listening to Spotify. That's not a big deal. But if indeed Enhanced Summon is going to start a, a more rapid deployment, here's why it's important. So there's two reasons, right? So the first is practical. Look, even if it goes at a snail's pace, which it surely will, and based on early videos that you can find, it certainly seems to do so. Um, look, if it's a torrential downpour, if you've got your hands full, if you've, I don't know what, there are so many admittedly somewhat infrequent, not corner cases, but there are enough infrequent, unusual circumstances where it will be nice to have your car come get you in a parking lot at a shopping mall. I mean, sure, why not? But but the biggest reason this is a really big deal is because if this thing actually works, and when I say works, I don't mean even that it works optimally, perfectly, but even just that it works well enough. Like, as long as it's at least at that sort of that'll do level of competency, this will be a really, really big deal for people actually starting to embrace even the slightest fringes of what an autonomous future will look like, what it'll feel like. And so I think this will be an incredibly huge tipping point, really, in the public's acceptance for autonomous vehicles generally. I mean, just think about it. Tesla's on track, I think we're going to find out in, what, two or three days, whether they will break their all-time record with having delivered 100,000 vehicles this quarter. Tesla now is selling more vehicles, most of which are Model 3, than just about anybody at any vehicle price point of any vehicle class. And if I'm not mistaken, they currently now sell more Teslas, Tesla Model 3 specifically than, what is it, all BMW, Mercedes, and Audi combined or some ridiculous figure like that? My, my, my point is, is that Tesla is now at a point where it's more than, it's way more than just a novelty. It's way more than just a really cool tech toy on wheels. It's something that has become, at least in some parts of the world, admittedly not all parts, but in some parts of the world, it's really become just, you know, an accepted part of everyday life. This is a thing. I mean, Tesla, I've said it many, no, not just me, many people have said forever that Tesla really is the iPhone of the automotive world. You know, in the beginning, okay, not everybody had an iPhone, but everybody wanted one, except those who didn't, who wanted this silly thing called Android. But in any event, I mean, iPhone went on to become, obviously, the icon of the smartphone world. And Tesla are doing this now with respect to not just electric vehicles, right? Tesla isn't just the electric vehicle that everybody wants, it's the car that everyone wants. And I would suggest it's not just because of the fact that it's electric. I mean, yes, that's a really nice benefit, obviously. But just, I was going to say just as a car, it's incredible. But more even than just that, it's just incredible as a thing. I mean, I've often said, and I've heard many other people often say that their iPhone is just their favorite thing that they own. It's, it's the best thing that they own. And having had several experiences with a Tesla already, I can, I can say quite assuredly that I think Tesla might even one-up the iPhone. It's just the best thing that you can own as far as 
a non-essential thing for living life happily and comfortably and so on and so forth without getting all philosophical about this. But, but anyway, so I think that this enhanced summon is going to be, is going to prove to be absolutely groundbreaking and a true tipping point indeed. So I'm very excited to see how this deploys literally and figuratively and to see if I'm right about this. Um, but do let me know your thoughts. And, and by the way, if, oh, actually, hmm, let me pull a Doug DeMiro here. Uh, if, if you're anywhere in the, well, I'm not going to say the whole San Francisco Bay Area, but if you're certainly in San Francisco and preferably in the North Bay, say Marin County specifically, yeah, okay, I'm kind of narrowing this down a lot, but come on, there's a quarter of a million people in Marin County. I'm sure there's somebody out there listening to this. If you've got a Tesla and if you've got Enhanced Summon, and if you'd like to be on this podcast, and hey, maybe we can even do a video of your car, shoot me a note. You can ping me on Twitter at Autonomous Hogue, or you can write me an email through my website, markhogue.com, or heck, just find me on LinkedIn. It'd be really awesome to meet up. I would love to take your Tesla for a spin or let it take itself for a spin, I guess. Right. Thanks very much for that. And that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It is Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you back here next week on Tuesday. Bye-bye.